Hi everybody, it's uh, producer Andrew again. I had not been doing a good enough job with quality control, so I apologize. The audio on this episode is pretty bad, especially for the hosts. Uh, luckily, the guest is pretty clear. Moving forward, I'm going to work with the talent to make sure that we reduce this or hopefully eliminate it from happening in the future. So I do apologize again. I did what I could to it, but you really can't do much. Hopefully you can stick it out and um, get to the guest, which is hopefully the important part. Thank you. Joining us tonight, uh, you're watching Schoolside Podcast, and we have a very important, very, uh, very serious topic tonight that uh, I, I think is going to be really helpful to us as school psychologists to be in the know, and um, just in case we come across this. So, um, my name is Rachel. I'm a school psychologist in Maryland, and I'm going to pass it over to Rebecca, who's going to talk about how to participate tonight. Rebecca. Hello, everybody. I'm Rebecca. I'm a school psychologist in Connecticut, and I'm um, looking forward to this serious and important topic. But before we begin, I'd just like to share a word from our sponsor. We want to take a quick moment to talk about med travelers. As a school psychologist, having a strong support system in your career is instrumental in finding the placements and opportunities that fit your goals. That is why we are proud to partner with Med Travelers, the industry leader for staffing school psychologists in districts nationwide, offering the advantage of W-2 employment status along with full health insurance coverage and 401 retirement options. Med Travelers is a true advocate for your career success. To learn more about Med Travelers and to discover the ways they can help you succeed in your school psychology career, visit medtravelers.com forward slash school site. And so welcome, everybody. Thank you for being here this evening. <clears throat> Excuse a little bit of a horse throat that I have a little bit of a cold that I'm getting over. Um, if you are watching us live, please feel free to join in on the conversation with your questions and thoughts right alongside the YouTube video if you log into your YouTube account. If you're watching later over time, you can also add comments and we will be checking there to comment and reply. If you're on Twitter, please use the hashtag psychedpodcast. And on either of our Facebook page, you can uh, add questions and comments in messages on School Psyched, your school psychologist or the School Psyched, uh, school Psyched podcast page. We'll be looking, I'll be looking out for notifications and uh, looking forward to this important conversation. And now I'm going to hand it over to Eric, who is going to introduce our guest. Thank you, Rebecca. Um, we are happy to have with us today um, Rosie Cataldo. And as R Rachel and Rebecca said, we're going to talk about a serious topic. So, um, you know, it may be one that some people will feel perhaps triggered by, or um, there may be, you know, folks who've experienced trauma or um, sexual abuse that may be, um, you know, this, this may bring up some of those issues. Um, so we want to let people know, and this is what we'll be talking about, but the importance of um, partnering with community agencies and doing what we can to uh, combat sexual abuse and uh, human trafficking is really important. And so uh, we welcome our guest tonight, Rosie Cataldo, and I'll just tell you a little bit about her before we introduce her and, and let her share. She's a child advocate who serves as a human trafficking consultant, researcher, and prevention educator, offering students the tools to be safe and creating lifelong barriers to the trauma, and, and to trauma is her passion. She's honored to serve as a member of Rotary International's Global Human Trafficking Task Force and Minnesota's Human Trafficking Task Force. She holds a certification from the Association of the Recovery of Children, ARC, and Fight Child Sex Trafficking's Comprehensive Training Course, which affords her a privileged relationship with ARC and its strategic partners. She holds a Bachelor's of Arts in Journalism and a minor in Spanish from the University of Minnesota, and serves as the director of outreach, working with schools to spread prevention, education, 
pertaining to childhood sexual abuse, physical abuse, assault, exploitation, and human trafficking with childhood victories. So welcome, Rosie. Thank you for joining us tonight. And maybe we could start off with, um, you know, how did you get into this work? What uh, brought you to this path? Well, I, I'm really passionate about prevention within the realm of human trafficking um, because it has, it's not my personal story, but it is very personal to me because it has affected uh, a friend's children in my community. I feel like I found out about one of, of a more severe uh, scheme um, as, my, as my entrance into this realm. So my friend's uh, children were pulled into a very sophisticated uh, sex trafficking ring uh, by their childcare provider. And the children were two and they were um, violated in their home and elsewhere by people coming and going in the home all while the parents were at work. And um, the, the mom discovered um, some circular play that was going on that was, she was concerned that perhaps the, the toddlers had Asperger's or something. Um, she wasn't sure what was going on with this uh, change in behavior. And um, in digging a little bit more into that, she discovered um, some things that were happening and, and just utterly devastating. So she really, um, she paused her professional work that she was doing and, and full on went in, and went into just 100% um, play therapy for the kids. So um, I, I was uh, familiar with human trafficking. Um, uh, the Super Bowl came to our area, and I know there were a lot of great things going on. Um, I'm in Minneapolis. There were a lot of great things going on to spread awareness and um, and to go after some schemes that were happening uh, surrounding the Super Bowl, which that is very common for trafficking to to follow large events uh, that take place. So I was aware, of, uh, just a, a bit aware of what was going on, but I had no idea the magnitude and depth of the issue. And I did, I was not aware of um, the, how, how prevalent children are within this realm, very young children. So I, I joined our state's uh, human trafficking task force and anyone can join a state human trafficking task force um, just to educate myself and learn more. And in doing so, I found there really wonderful resources for, um, for survivors, and that is so important and necessary. But what is equally, and if not more important, is prevention. Because we, if you look at trafficking as kind of a combative issue, you have to level up against your opponent. So you have to level up against the traffickers, which they're, um, they're entrepreneurs in the worst sense of the word. So one area where we can get a leg up on exploiters and traffickers is through prevention. Because um, yes, uh, there are definite schemes that involve um, taking someone from a public place, kidnapping, absolutely, assaults, yes. However, the majority of people who are pulled into human trafficking, and I'm going to focus more on, on sex trafficking, that is um, through manipulation. So it's through relationships, um, through, through dating, through um, promises of a job, and I'll talk more about that, and even familial uh, human trafficking as well. So it's... Um, it's a it's a massive issue. It's very it's very large. It's very deep, and it's uh, worldwide. Um, but there's we're in the United States. Most unfortunately, we are the number one demand for sex trafficking. So I feel like it's a tremendous disservice to not uh, talk about it with our kids. And it's not something that we can just present a curriculum, drop it off and be done. This has to be a community-wide support. So not only educating students on the topic and um, wrapping support systems around them, but educating the educators and including the parents as well. So um, this really has to be an ongoing, ongoing thing. It can't just be a one and done. 
So it's really, um, we talk to, like in our district, we talk to fifth graders about staying off drugs um, and the dangers of alcohol and drugs and how that can negatively impact your life if you misuse them. And I feel like since uh, human trafficking has surpassed the drug trade as far as worldwide illegal enterprises, it is so, so necessary to address, address this with students. I can talk a little bit more about that. Wow, thank you. You know, it's interesting. I, I think just um, hearing that little bit, um, you know, I, I think we probably, I speak for myself, I guess, but as an educator, I don't have any idea the depth of, of this issue. Um, how prevalent it is in communities and um, how many people it affects. Um, and just as you mentioned, you know, ways that people are entrepreneurializing um, and monetizing this and profiting um, off of this kind of abuse. And, and of course, no idea about, um, you know, that large events, that these kinds of things follow large events and things. So um, as, as educators, what might be some ways, as, as you said, you know, it's not just a drop off a curriculum kind of thing. Um, how are some ways that you're partnering with schools and, and uh, connecting and in, um, you know, educating on this topic? Oh, thanks for asking. I, um, I partnered with um, Childhood Victories founded by Victor Pacini out there just outside of Chicago. So not too far from from me in Minneapolis. And Victor Pacini founded Childhood Victories uh, 22 years ago, and he's been going into schools and talking to kids about confidence and resilience. And in 2014, there was a law passed in his home state of Illinois called Aaron's Law. And Aaron's Law mandates body safety education now in 37 states. And so Victor himself is a survivor of um, childhood sexual abuse. He was assaulted at age eight and told no one for 11 years. And he is, he's an amazing person. I describe him as um, Mr. Rogers meets Quentin Tarantino. He has developed a phenomenal age appropriate program to address kids about how to keep their body safe and not to keep unsafe secrets. So Sexual abuse is the number one, that's the, the worst form of bullying that a child can experience. And if we can talk to kids about, um, about how to keep their bodies safe, that is deter that's a massive vulnerability that exploiters rely on to further exploit um, youth and pull them into trafficking situations. So, that's why I reached out to him and I was so grateful. Um, he has a phenomenal program called Be Seen and Heard. And he's been in almost seven states now in the spring, he'll be in Minnesota and has presented to about 800,000 students. And he's had close to 400 disclosures of students saying, Victor, I'm connecting to your story. And then it's, it's a double-edged sword. It's really, really challenge it's tough to hear that a child is experiencing abuse but on the other side it's it's magnificent because we are a part of getting that student the help that they need and working with the school on appropriate protocol to get the student the help that they need so it's um it's not only incredibly powerful for the student um, but for their classroom for their family for their community and this is um this is really systemic changing that we're taking this this taboo topic and and getting out of our comfort zone and talking to kids just about how to be safe he has a phenomenal language and talks about um safe touch and unsafe touch and like hey mom and dad um may help you it may help you give you a bath. You know, is that a safe touch or an unsafe touch? And we, you know, interactive with the kids. Hey, you go to the doctor. Is it okay for the doctor to look or touch your private body parts? Is that okay? Yeah, give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. So giving the kids just really simple and appropriate language. Um, it's just, it's, it's fantastic. And 
I had been working with a local program um, that unfortunately folded during COVID doing what Victor had been doing on a much smaller scale. And um, so when I found out, when I found him on Google, thanks Google, I was like, yes, this is awesome. I'm so excited. And so fortunately for me, schools had reached out to Victor to ask about um, human trafficking education and he didn't have anything. So it was a really great um, partnership um, and on many, for many reasons, but I was, I was elated that, um, that we joined forces. So, and schools will ask, well, what's more important? And I say, it's all critical. It's all critical um, because you're giving kids, um, even, even though they may not be experiencing um, any form of abuse at home, maybe their parents are going through a divorce and they, they want permission, they need permission to talk about um, tough things with their school counselor. So just not keeping things bottled up, not keeping unsafe secrets inside. So it, it covers it covers a lot. It's not it's not just abuse. It's about um, being able to talk about things that are on your mind and troubling you. Um, but the main core message is um, is about body safety. And and again, that is just so so important because that is that is a building block, a safety tool they can take with them throughout life. And that is a huge um, defense against uh, exploitation uh, because exploiters want nothing to do with confident kids. They're looking for vulnerabilities in kids that they can find a void and seep in and pretend to fill it, but really um, be grooming them for exploitation. Um, I know you have a PowerPoint. I have some questions, but I, I'm thinking maybe um, do you want to start with your PowerPoint before you might be answering some of the things that you know we uh, have questions about with yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I, I have a dog that crept into my office here, so I apologize. Get her out. Um, okay, so can you all see the screen? Yep. Okay, so all right. So here is what I create co-created with Victor Pacini is called the Value Project. So raising self-worth through human trafficking awareness. And the reason, here, excuse me, I'm going to put the dog up here. Excuse me. The reason, um, the reason we are doing this is um, the reason Victor even started childhood victories is because uh, regarding the prevalence of sexual abuse. So one in four girls and one in six boys will experience a form of sexual abuse prior to age 18. And 91% is by someone they know or kind of know. So this is, if you're looking at the average size of a classroom, you know, that could be five or six kids in each classroom. So it is, and it's even more prevalent than these statistics show because we know that not all kids are going to talk about it. So um, I just wanted to highlight that because that is a huge reason why we partnered up. And regarding the premise of the value project, the curriculum pertaining to human trafficking that we created, we really wanted to start out with um, the student's intrinsic value. So because if you peel back the layers, um, anyone who is exploited has experienced some form, some form of, of trauma and they, might, they may not have a support system that, that they need. So we talk about um, their own intrinsic value. You just by being born, you have you have value. You are not a commodity. You are not um, you are not to be sold. You you have intrinsic value. And so if I go ahead and and play this intro, can you all hear it? I'm here to speak with you, can you specifically hear? as it pertains to human trafficking. I invite you to join me on my life's mission, empowering youth 
is my greatest passion. Why? Because our future lies within you. There are key elements you will need to know to empower yourself, to keep yourself safer, and help your peers be safer as well. I am here today to remind or teach you about the unlimited potential you have. It lies within you. Maybe you are someone who already recognizes your worth. Perhaps you have a great support system and a loving family. Or maybe you're searching for added support in your life and you need a reminder that you have extraordinary value. You may have heard that in order to love someone else, it starts within yourself. This is so true. You cannot give respect when you do not truly honor and respect your own self. In order for you to have that respect, it had to be demonstrated to you. That is a form of love and guidance. Some of you have experienced that to varying degrees, and some of you have not. If you do not adequately have a support system, people in your life who you trust and make you feel safe and valued, there are without a doubt people who can and will step into that role as a support. And we are going to talk more about this today. But before we begin, I would like you to make an observation. So thanks for letting me show that. That's the intro to the Value Project, the Human Trafficking Curriculum for middle schoolers and high schoolers. And so I thought it was just simpler if I show you the intro um, because we really, I strive to not throw out scary statistics and frighten kids. I want to come at this in a very compassionate way and show, hey, you, you matter. You are a valuable person just by being you. And, and of course, we know that some kids who get pulled off into unsafe situations don't have the support systems that they need. So it's really encouraging them to tap into someone or something that can can help them connect to other people. So if they can't find that within their family, are they in a good friend group? Do they have a counselor they can connect with, a teacher, um, teammates, even classmates or a coach? So just talking to them about, about ways to connect with people. And then I go in and define what human trafficking is. Human trafficking is the recruitment, transportation, harboring of people through force, fraud, or deception with the aim of exploit of exploiting them for profit. And then we I don't get into a lot of statistics with kids um, because they would fall asleep. So talk about just that it's the fastest growing illegal enterprise in the world. And it is estimated to be a 150 billion a year global industry. So if you think in terms of a co Costco, um, that's along the same lines. So statistics for you all, if you want just to know a few stats, I can highlight some statistics like states with the highest human trafficking in numbers. California consistently has the highest human trafficking rates in the US. Um, there were 1,507 cases reported in 2019. So 1,118 of these cases were sex trafficking cases, 158 labor trafficking, 69 were both. So the majority of sex trafficking cases reported in California were illicit massage and spa businesses and hotel or motel based. Um, it's followed by Texas with 1,080 cases, Florida with 896 cases, in New York with 454 cases. So I'm not going to get into too many stats with you, but just to give you a basic understanding, um, I wanted to, to share those. And then back to the curriculum I talk about, um, which I highlighted a little bit at the beginning. Um, one myth is that human trafficking always involves a kidnapping, and that is not the case. Um, and as I mentioned, yes, of course, assaults happen, and you always want to be safe and aware of your surroundings. But 
the majority of traffickers use psychological means, um, tricking people into trust, manipulating people, threatening people um, to then further exploit them. And I wanted to highlight um, just some cases locally in Minneapolis, just to give you an idea of what some different schemes look like. Um, there was a case locally just a couple months ago where um, currently a, a young woman um, who's 19, Gisela Castro Medina, is, is being tried for human trafficking. And just from my lens, um, I would... I would gather that she was manipulated and tricked into um, being a recruiter um, within human trafficking. But Anton Lazaro, age 30, is a GOP strategist and he is being tried for human trafficking. Um, there is a local um, substitute teacher who is being um, investigated, uh, or excuse me, has been arrested locally for exploiting some students that he worked with. Um, so it is, it's just important for students to realize that no matter who it is in their life, if someone is getting closer than normal, paying a lot of attention to them, um, and I'm going to talk more about this later, but just um, it, lots of gift giving um, and just feeling closer than normal, whether it's physically or, or with um, shower showering them with gifts it's just if something feels off trust your gut and talk to someone about it to get the help that you need um, one case that happened um, just a few years ago in 2016 in minneapolis is very devastating and i think it's really important to highlight it um, and this gentleman well not gentleman criminal anton was um befriending uh boys online high school boys high school involved in different sports. And so locally, he was pretending he was a female modeling agent. And so he would request photos from, from boys, um, high school students, and he would find out by what they post on Instagram, he was using Instagram, what sports teams they were on, what friend groups they had, and he would just infiltrate those areas um, befriend them. Again, he was pretending to be a female modeling agent and he would ask for pictures and then the pictures became inappropriate photos. And then he turned around and said, I'm going to share these and tell your friends and family about this if you don't you know, send money. And that thankfully he was arrested. He exploited over 200 people and devastatingly there were two boys who committed suicide as a result of this sextortion scheme. So this is something that is, it's utterly devastating. And as it, it just goes to show, it can just infiltrate anyone. Um, so it's super important to have an open line of communications, communication with your kids, like that showing them, telling them, like no matter what anyone says you've done, I love you no matter what. And um, just know that if someone is saying something else about them, that they are going to, to ultimately trust and believe that the relationship they have and the truth that is shared between a parent and child. So I just wanted to highlight that because it's so important to be talking to your kids about their online usage and take breaks from social media because I mean, we didn't, I didn't grow up with this and it's really, really devastating to see um, the increase in suicide and depression as a result from social media and comparisons and bullying. So this is, this is clearly a very dangerous scheme and it's just another reason why we need to push for the, that really, really good communication with our kids and students. And I'll talk a little more about about ways to play defense against this, against this as well. Um, so I'm sure you're all familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I'm just highlighting this because we've got our basic, our basic physiological needs, our food, clothing, shelter, and then we need to feel safe in our own home in order to thrive. And most unfortunately, during the pandemic, 
some kids were not in a safe space. So I'm sure you can attest to what you're seeing this school year. I've talked to different different um, school officials and teachers, and I know there are lots of different things they're seeing as far as different behaviors and even in you know first graders, just disorganization and remembering how to be with people again, the interpersonal skills. So, so to highlight Maslow's hierarchy of needs, on top of safety is love and belonging. And then we can build our own self-esteem based on that and self-actualization by being a contributing member of society and actually going outside of ourselves and helping others. So when we don't have these basic needs, particularly safety and even food, clothing, shelter, then we are in a vulnerable spot and kids are especially in a vulnerable position because we've got some voids going on um, and then traffickers work to figure out, hmm, what does this particular person need? How can I fill it? And then how can I remove other sources? How can I pretty much isolate them and just get them really connected with me and then exploit them by using force, fraud, coercion. And I will I'll talk more about that. So another myth is that all people being trafficked are held against their will. So some people who have been exploited lack the basic necessities to physically get out. Um, some are afraid for their safety, but some individuals have been so manipulated that they would not even know what to do if they were out of it, if they had the possibility of getting out of that situation. So more often than not, they stay for reasons that are more complicated and of the extreme manipulation. So if you think of, uh, you know, the average age of um, youth being trafficked is 13. So you think of a 13 year old um, being sold the average um, amount that someone is sold uh, during the during the course of a 24 hour period is about 10 times. So that is forced sex, so rape. And they are just a shell of themselves. They're, they think they're a commodity. They've been beaten down so much. They are almost, some can be robotic. And so it's a false assumption um, on the rescue side that if you go in to try to infiltrate a situation and, um, and get these trafficking victims out, not all of them are going to want to come out because they don't know how to function outside of this realm. So it's just another reason that if, if a person is pulled into a trafficking situation, the, the odds of them getting out are very slim. And if you do get out, you have the rehabilitation is, is really, uh, it is, it, it takes a lot. It takes a lot and it's not something that you just get over it's it's a huge process and um it, it has been done it can be done but my reason for saying all this is that we could eliminate the needs of so much aftercare and so much of what um police focus on if we if we in had prevention in schools right now there are only five states in the u.s that mandate human trafficking, prevention, education. And I personally think that is a huge failure, a system failure at a colossal level. I've spoken to a local sex crimes investigator about, uh, about prevention education. And in seeing what we've created, he said, if more kids had this type of prevention, I would have a lot less cases on my desk. So it's just another it's just another reason to push to get outside our comfort zone and to come at this issue with a compassionate approach and using education instead of just scare tactics so that people want to, you know, just look the other way because this is not going to be solved unless the majority of the population can really look at it and learn about it and, and take action. 
so the different types of human trafficking, there's peer-to-peer -peer trafficking, there's trafficking within the family, there's uh, romantic partner trafficking, and then trafficking through a stranger. And regarding exploitation, just to define it, sexual exploitation involves someone under, under the age of 18 exchanging a sexual act for something in return. So this happens when when there is a need that the child or youth desires, such as uh, a need for money, food, shelter, protection, love, acceptance, popularity, and anything else. It is a form of child abuse and it is never the victim's fault. And over 90% of sexual exploitation is first facilitated online. So just another opportunity for parents and educators to play defense against this and have, have the tough conversations that need to be had. So to highlight the top recruiting tactics for sex trafficking, um, that can be a dating partner or a marriage proposal. As I mentioned, it can be familial. It can be through a job offer or advertisement. Um, it can also be for a, like a false promise or a fraudulent scheme, like I had highlighted the sextortion scheme that was in Minneapolis with um, the male posing as the female talent scout. So there can be lots of different types of these schemes regarding um, even college interviews. There was um, there were some students locally um, being solicited for different colleges and being asked to come to certain places for interviews. And some of the interviews were off campus. So that's a red flag right there. And it's really, it, it really is so, it boils my blood that, that this is happening because it's like, wow, so do we have to follow our kids around to every job interview they go to and every college interview? It's like just keeping tabs on where they are, who they're with, um, knowing their schedule is, is huge and a deterrent. And if they feel uncomfortable, if, if they just have that um, inner feeling that something is wrong with a person or a situation, always trust that. Just 100% don't override that feeling because that feeling could um, definitely save your life. Some control tactics of traffickers and recruiters, they use substance abuse. Um, so there's definitely drugging that can go on and um, getting some of their victims hooked on um, on drugs in order to numb themselves and to and to perform different acts that they're expected to perform. And um, of course, there's physical abuse, um, sexual abuse, there's intimidation and emotional abuse tactics that um, exploiters use to control um, control their victims. I really like to highlight this with um, with high school kids in particular, and depending upon your school, maybe you want to talk about this with middle schoolers, but um, it's in particularly high school, some students are experimenting with alcohol and drugs. And this is a, another way to put yourself in a, in a vulnerable position. So um, you're less aware of your surroundings, you have a delayed response time to danger or zero response to danger, depending upon your level of consumption. So the safest decision I tell kids is just refrain from consuming alcohol or drugs. So if you attend parties, use the buddy system, check up on each other and um, don't let anyone go home with someone um, you don't you don't know or they don't know because again it's another tactic um, that is super important and can can save your life or your friend's life um, to highlight some unhealthy relationships um, just some warning signs um, as i mentioned before um, gifting particularly items you can't afford uh, for yourself i know there was one scenario where um, a female was at a high school football game trying to um, connect with students and um, trying to offer cell phones and say, hey, I see your cell phone's really, really crummy. Here, you can take this one. And then, oh, okay, all right, wow, thanks. Well, then, okay, 
now you owe me for that and here's what you're going to do for me so um, that is a tactic that has been used and it's just something to be aware of if someone is just gifting you things out of nowhere that's a warning sign and just to be aware of that and i want to talk about age difference even though even though you know grow you know grown adults there may be a bit of an age difference in marriages and relationships in high school it's a completely different story so if there's an age gap even two to five years that is a red flag it is something you don't want to dip your toe into that water and if you're if you have a student if you have um, a child of your own who is dating someone and there is an age gap i would um, definitely have my heavier radar up so um, isolation if anyone's trying to physically or emotionally control you and or your friend and and you've got a complete switch in you know in interest or sports dropping out of sports um, dropping out of school activities that you once were really excited about um, different change in hobbies those are all warning signs if you have a sudden change in who you have been it's really something to tap into if you see if you see a friend acting completely um, completely differently from how they have been acting talk to someone um, so that you can you can possibly intervene and and again just to highlight the gut feeling or your your inner sirens just always trust your instincts about something if it doesn't feel right so these are all warning signs and they aren't going to necessarily happen at once um, but grooming is just a very gradual process that I've seen um, different exploitation situations with the grooming process. I've seen it happen in a few days and I have seen it happen within years. So it is, it all, it all depends upon um, uh, on the person and the scheme and the scenario. So just to be mindful of that. And red flags. So red flags can be really, really hard at um, in the teenage years to detect just because of uh, we know the frontal lobes aren't fully developed until the mid-20s. So it's super important for, um, for teachers and, and parents to be, to be helping navigate situations because things that would be a complete red flag to us as adults just would go past the goalie for teenagers so recognizing red flags you can't typically detect a predator by how they look online of course and so just learning how to detect some unsafe situations um, through behaviors so it can highlight red flags um, if this is a lot this is really for middle schoolers um, if anyone requests you to leave a gaming platform to go to another platform that is a red flag. Um, extra uh, gifting gaming tokens or online prizes uh, or requests for personal information, giving excess compliments, requesting to meet in person, just an absolute red flag. Uh, requesting, if you're gaming with someone and they're requesting photos of you, no, um, do not do that. Remove yourself from the gaming platform and set up a new account. Um, and also inappropriate photo requests. So um, I tell students, if someone is requesting an inappropriate photo of you, send a picture of your pet and then just don't engage. Don't engage because if you are caught with an inappropriate image on your device, you could be held um, liable. You could even, you know, you could be prosecuted. So don't mess with it if, if someone's trying to um, obtain an inappropriate photo from you, definitely tell a trusted adult. Because if someone truly um, is interested in you for you and not just what you look like, they're not going to ask you for that because that's a, that's, um, a complete boundary violation and a complete lack, a complete lack of uh, respect for you. So stay, stay away from that for sure. 
Um, one thing that is also just if as you're walking around and just kind of you're, you're learning a little bit more about trafficking and you're kind of trying to notice notice situations and people of uh, one way that traffickers do brand their um, victims is tattooing. So just something to be aware of. It's something it's one of the first things I learned when I was attending um, human trafficking task force meetings and it was an eye opener. So I definitely notice a lot of these now and um, it's just something to be aware of. Uh, there is a scheme called sugaring and that is really, really common among high schoolers and college age students. So it is, there are lots of apps and different platforms for sugaring and the old school term sugar daddy, that's what it's playing off of. So it is, um, it's posted as a dating, as an option for dating and you can get paid to go to coffee with someone, but it's actually not just coffee. They're, they're expecting sex and there have been definite rape cases through this application as well. So it looks enticing, it may look enticing if you're trying to save money, um, in need of money, um, but it is very, it, it's just a gateway to exploitation. So just to be talking with students about that, it's, it's, it's not what it's advertised as. It is, it's exploitation. So something to be aware of. Have you all heard of sugaring? You all, okay. Some yes, some no. Okay. I learned about three years ago, so it was new to me then. I, I like to talk about safe dating scenarios with students. They seem like just common sense to us, but to students who are just starting, you know, to enter the dating realm, I encourage group dates. Um, just a great way to go out as um, with a group and get to know people, um, and it's less nerve-wracking if you're with if, um, a group versus one-on-one. -on -one. And meet at a public location if you don't know the person. Absolutely meet at a public location and safeguard your drink. So even though you're not of drinking age, if you're not drinking alcohol, it doesn't matter. Your drink can be drugged regardless. So just be safeguarding your drink. Have at least two trusted people know where you're going. Um, ideally a family member and a friend um, know your whereabouts. And it's okay to make up an excuse if you need to leave, if you're just not connecting with that person, if you feel uncomfortable, you don't owe the person any anything if they bought you dinner. And you don't owe them any more time if you feel uncomfortable. And I highly recommend a code word for family and friends. You can um, you can text them if you need to get out of an uncomfortable situation, and um, they can text you back and make up an excuse to come and get you. And on the first date, when you're at your public location, never ever go to a second location. Um, you always want to keep it public. And I would encourage you to do that for the second date until you're really comfortable and and know the person really well. So those are things um, that I like to mention at this age, high school age in particular. And building on that, um, these are um, the past few slides are part of the curriculum. I just wanted to highlight that and talking about just being street savvy and aware of your surroundings. So. It's really uh, not a good idea if you're leading Target to be on your cell phone talking to your friend or your parent. That's that's not good because you're not aware of your surroundings. Uh, walking facing traffic is huge. Um, and confidence matters, carrying yourself in a self-assured manner. I talked to a mall security guard and he would watch and observe many, many different scenarios. and people who are potential exploiters will go up to an individual or a group and offer compliments and flattery. And let's say someone comes up to you and says, you are so adorable. And you look them in the eye and say, well, thanks so much. And you keep walking. They are not going to mess with you. If, if someone gives you a compliment and you look down at your shoes and can't make eye contact and, um, and don't have a response, they are going to try harder to connect with you. So even if you're shy, I tell kids, fake it. Just fake it to get out of those uncomfortable situations. 
posture makes a statement. Posture says a lot. I encourage kids to, to get off your phones and go to a public place and observe. You can tell so much about someone without any words. You can tell so much about someone's energy that they give off just by their posture, um, their face, their facial expressions, their demeanor. Um, so even like the next level is where you are and what they might be wearing, but you can tell so much by all those nonverbal cues. So make it a game, um, go sit at a park, go sit at the mall. Even if you're at the airport, um, if you're traveling again, observe, take time to observe and realize that everyone gives off a different energy, a different vibe, and always trust your gut regarding that. Um, put your phone away, as I mentioned, when you're walking. There's safety in numbers, so just stay where, with people and lights. And invest in your own protection. Get a group of friends and take a self-defense class. It's, it, it's fun, and you feel so much um, empowerment from it. And it, in, it just gets your body to move past your freeze. Um, so I think that is just a number one safety tool you can give yourself. So I highly recommend that. Um, and also within the curriculum, I talk about uh, a student's digital footprint, less is more. Um, I know in this age, there is just so much oversharing done online and that can put you in a high risk situation. And I just wanna tell, especially the girls and not just the girls, but um, I see a lot of bikini shots out there. I see a lot of very seductive poses by preteens and that is very dangerous because you are showing that you are looking for attention and there are people out there more than willing to give it to you. And it's not, it's not going to be safe. So uh, I just really like to highlight that objectification does not equal empowerment. Not at all. Just keep it classy. Keep it classy regarding what you wear and show how you respect yourself uh, by how you present yourself. Um, true empowerment is getting your needs met through healthy means. And as I mentioned previously regarding um, someone you may have an interest in is asking you for an inappropriate picture. That is so not cool. That is just not cool. Um, no need to engage with a relationship or a friendship with someone like that. Um, it's healthy and normal to wanna connect with others. We're wired for connection and doing so in a safe way is vital. So, so many things to be, to be aware of. Um, I do like to talk to kids about a study date scenario I have a, a turn and talk moment in the uh, curriculum. This, this situation really did happen, and I share this with students. There were, um, in a high school class, the teacher assigned students to buddy up on a project. So a male student and a female student were partnered together. They didn't know each other very well. She went over to his house to um, start the project. There was, there was another person home. They went into the basement of, of this student's home and he sexually assaulted her. And this is devastating and it is never ever the victim's fault. And I talked to kids about what could have possibly happened to make this a safer situation. And kids are so smart. They, they say they can go to the library. They could buddy up and do um, a four person group. They could go to a coffee shop keep it at a public location. So um, just things to, to be, to have at the top of their mind um, going forward in their life to keep them safer. So I'm all about um, avoid, avoid, avoid high risk situations so that you can be safe. And one tool that I like to share. Um, this just came out last month. I like to share this with parents and educators, and I highly recommend it for high school students. It's a 36-minute documentary called Raised on Porn, and it's available on YouTube. You can just um, search it up. It is fantastic. It just shows um, what a slippery slope it is, 
and um, how people who have voids themselves are looking for unhealthy ways to um, find connection. And, and porn is contributing to a lot of the sexual violence we are seeing right now and exploitation. So I highly recommend this as a tool. I've watched it, it's great. Um, and I, I wanted to also highlight that following our presentations to students in schools, we highly encourage students to, um, to spark a student-led group because we know students are gonna to talk to one another more than typically a parent. And so it's so, so important for them to share with each other different things that are happening within their relationships, different things that they're seeing online. They have their fingers on the pulse of a lot of what is happening online. So being able to talk to each other and share is huge and knowing they're not alone particularly if they've experienced a sexual assault or, um, or some grooming behaviors. It's just really wonderful to bounce ideas off other students and say, hey, what do you think about this? Um, has this ever happened to you? I'm getting kind of uncomfortable. I don't know what to do. And we just encourage the a school liaison, like a, a counselor or a teacher, be connected to the group and have check-ins with the group. And I have um, a lot of really fantastic content for students to to like have discussions uh, within their groups and and activities to do so i know i just went through a ton and i was wondering if anyone has questions i think that was such great information and i feel like i learned a lot um you know, and, and honestly, it made me cringe at times because I, I consider myself a reasonable, you know, intelligent person, a responsible. And I'm looking back at, you know, when I was younger in undergrad, um, and I, I think about some of the situations that I maybe would put myself in, and kind of like, I would never want my children to do some of the things, some of the situations that I put myself in. And again, I'm. I'm kind of a reasonable, responsible person. Um, and I only kind of, you know, through sheer luck, things could have gone much, much differently. Um, and so, yeah, when I'm hearing all these things, I'm like, yeah, oh my gosh, like, yeah. <laughs> so it's so easy to. Mm -hmm. It's just so, so much easier now with um, all the exploitation that starts uh, online. So. You mentioned, you talked a little bit about speaking to young children. I always had the sense that if we could, you know, conversations about con consent with young children and kind of like your your body belongs to you and, and you don't have to hug, you know, especially with the holiday season coming up, telling kids that they, they don't have to hug if they don't feel like it. And they could do, you know, an elbow bump or they can find a different way, you know, to say hello. I just feel like if we could do that in a in a more consistent way with young children, the later conversations become less tricky, you know, instead of, uh, you know, more uncomfortable and more scary. Um, the seeds, the building blocks can be can be placed early. Can you tell us a little bit more about, you mentioned safe touch and mm -hmm. unsafe touch. Mm -hmm. um, and you talked a little bit about um, some other ideas. What are some things that educators can talk to young children about? So this is, I would highly recommend schools to connect with Childhood Victories to have their body safety education. It's phenomenal and it's, um, you can choose to have a live presentation um, with a person coming in, you can choose live stream or have access to an online portal and it's all done for you. So that's excellent. But the, some of the language that is used within there, within the programming is what I said about safe touch and unsafe touch and, um, and talking about different groups of people. Like, so talking about um, just you're on a, you're on a field trip. And um, is it okay for the bus driver to look or touch your private body parts? 
like thumbs up or thumbs down? No, thumbs down. And so just what about your coach? How many of you play a sport? Okay. Is it okay for your coach to look or touch your private body parts? Give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Yeah, no, no, that's not okay. And going through like what you go to the dentist and where does, what is the dentist checking out? Checking out your teeth, making sure your teeth are clean and healthy. Is it okay for a dentist to look or touch your private body parts? No, thumbs down. And then clarifying, okay, mom and dad help you in the bath. So they're helping you in the bath because they're keeping you clean and sometimes healthy. Maybe, maybe you have a situation where mom and dad may have to help keep you healthy in that region in your private area. But so just getting specifics like, okay, it's all right for my mom and dad to help keep me clean. It's okay for my doctor to look or touch my private body parts because they're keeping me healthy. But then going through other people in your life and for the kids, you know, for the one in four girls and one in six boys who are experiencing a form of sexual abuse, then it's a radar going off like, okay, you know, just like, all right, planting seeds. And so then kids absolutely come up with questions. Um, they come up to Victor or, or whomever is presenting and ask like clarifying questions or disclose. So it's just very simple language so that kids, kids are like, kids just understand like this is really the only reason why someone is going to have to look at your private area. And then also talking about um, like if someone um, punching you or kicking you, is that like, is that a safe, is that safe? Is that a safe touch? No, that's not, you know, how does that make you feel? It makes me feel sad. It makes me feel angry. It makes, you know, in interacting with the kids. So identifying certain situations and how that makes them feel. So even though it's really targeted, um, Victor's curriculum is called Be Seen and Heard. It is targeting sexual abuse, but it is also covering physical abuse as well and um, other forms of, of bullying. So even talking about playground scenarios and what may happen on the playground. And so did that help answer a little bit? Definitely. Thank you. Okay. You bet. I and posted I, um, Victor's website in the uh, in the link in uh, on the YouTube page as well. So oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. Yeah. What about um, sometimes we run across um, students who are um, either making comments to other students, kind of. Uh, victimizing other students, maybe by touching or showing or, or things of that nature. Um, so I'm assuming that that's a red flag for something's going on mm -hmm. within maybe their world, their feeling, or yes. they think that this is okay to, to go and... Mm -hmm. okay. what, what are some other kind of red flags? I'm thinking I work with elementary school students. So okay. I, you know, what, what would be some red flags um, within that age? Um, really great question. I, some red flags would be in, if in, it's dependent on how well you know the student, of course, but a change in behavior of uh, regression in behavior, um, maybe just more emotional, um, you know, if it's a student who's, you know, normally happy go lucky and they like just cry at the drop of the hat or get angry at the drop of a hat, just changes in emotion. Um, you know, for, for a family to recognize this, not as much of a teacher, but bedwetting, if a, if a student or if a child has been potty trained and is all of a sudden having issues wetting the bed, that is, I mean, it's not a hundred percent red flag. I know that that can happen. You know, you're anxious about doing, you know, starting a new school year or something that can definitely happen. But if it's, if that is um, a frequent issue that is popping up, I would definitely check into that. So um, regression, change in behavior and um, clinginess, neediness. I, um, I know a situation where a student was just using baby talk all of a sudden. And so that was really perplexing to the mom and the mom um, um, did some, you know, 
some digging and found out that there was some sexual abuse going on. So um, those are the things I'd say I'd highlight the most when we're when I've been in the classroom presenting, I will um, and I will talk to teachers about this ahead of time, watching for nonverbal reactions. So if we talk about the swimsuit rule, so the swimsuit covers your private body parts. So no one touches your private body parts unless it's to keep you clean and healthy. And I might see some eyes pop out. I might see some red faces. I might see kids might have to go to the bathroom, um, just have an excuse to get out of the classroom. So those, it's not 100%, but it's something to look into that the teacher should just keep an eye on if those nonverbal um, behaviors pop up during a presentation something to watch for. All right. Super, super important presentation. And thank you so much yeah. for, for taking the time to, to do this for us. Thanks for having me. I know it's um, not easy to talk about. It's not easy to take in, but it's so, so important. And yeah. um, if we can, if we can help kids be, be safer um, through education, it's just, a tremendous win on multiple levels. So. And I hope that, yeah, we can continue to, to advocate as school psychologists for those types of trainings. I know that in my district, you know, we, we um, our guidance counselors go in, our, our, our school counselors go in and, and, and do presentations. Um, and then we have for staff, there's a required human trafficking um, webinar type of thing that people go through. And honestly, when I first saw that and came to the district, that was really helpful for me because I had a lot of misconceptions as far as what that looked like. And it wasn't until I went through that webinar that I was like, oh, okay, this is not what I originally envisioned. So I think that's really important. That's excellent. I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah, and I think um, just that you mentioned there aren't a whole lot of state associations against human trafficking. So uh, finding some in our areas, or whether it's in our state or our region, um, would be really helpful, I think, for school psychologists in particular to mm -hmm. connect with just being more informed and more trained. So this was really helpful. Oh, well, I'm really glad that you had me, and um, thank you for being open to it. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. Thank um, you so much. Just before we close, I uh, want to read our uh, quick thank you to our sponsor, Med Travelers, um, uh, as a leader in school staffing, the genuine care benefits and guidance that Med Travelers demonstrates with school psychologists is the mark of a true partner in career success. To learn more about Med Travelers and discover the ways that they can help you succeed in your school psychology career, visit medtravelers.com slash school psyched. Thank you everyone and I hope everyone enjoyed the coming uh, time off for the Thanksgiving break. Thank you. Thanks.